Hey everyone, we are back for another week of exciting rehearsals. This week, we have decided to have some more fun sitting on the sidelines and talking about crazy travel and show stories. We will also get to find out what made Jack say. So we roll up after two and a half hours um, to the uh, championship review site. And of course, guess what's missing? Every uniform from the color guard to the drum major through the 160 person band block. And why Emily said. And we looked at the escalators because they were working, we're going up them. And there were like little metal stoppers all the way down the escalators. And I, some of us just kind of look at each other blank faced. You're like, huh, I wonder why those are there. All this and more. So get out on the field and we will see you back on the sidelines for this week's episode of On a Water Break. Eight off the mat and go. Welcome to On a Water Break. Welcome to another episode of season two of On a Water Break, the podcast where we talk about everything you and your friends are talking about at rehearsal on a water break. I'm Jackie Brown. We love this time of year when everyone who has a winter team is in the thick of competing. We just wrapped up all the college bowl games. Staff from around the country are starting to plan their fall shows. I mean, it's just it's just beautiful out there right now. So let's see who's hanging out on the sideline this week and ready to share their stories. Trish, your kite story was hilarious. Oh my God. I'm just saying. Oh my God. And my boyfriend loved it too. I wasn't sure I was going to react to it, but he actually listened to the podcast so he could hear it before the video even came out. So he was really excited about that too. And Emily is back. Hello. Hello, friends. And I know we talk like every day, but I haven't seen you in forever. Hi, Christine. <laughs> yeah, it's true, Jackie. We do talk every day, but it's more like on email or uh, Zoom or excuse me, on email or text. Right. So yeah, right. So yeah, it's good to see you in person. Hi, everybody else too. And Jack's back. Hey, guys. How are you guys doing? Um, yeah, just calling in from West Coast as usual. Um, excited to talk about some fun winter topics today. That's going to be a blast. We also have a guest on the sidelines here with us. She is a band parent from the Woodlands. If you used to listen to our old show, Secrets from the Guard Closet, you may have heard her there, but this is her first time appearing on a water break with us. So welcome, Julie Newton from the Woodlands. Hi. Hey, guys. We have a tradition. When we have new guests come to our sideline here, we do this fun thing called your life story in 32 counts. So what we'll do is we'll run a metronome and you'll get eight for free. You'll get eight counts to start. And then you just start telling us your whole life story. Like you can start with your birth if you want to. I mean, just however long you want to go back and then go all the way to today and just tell us anything that pertains to you like it doesn't even necessarily have to be marching band related because you know it's whatever uh but you'll can, you have to cram it all into 32 counts which is about 30 seconds you think you can handle that i i will try all right we'll give you eight <laughs> off the net <laughs> so i grew up as an army child and lived in a lot of different states i have proof that i was in band in elementary school in maryland but i don't remember it and choir is what I wound up doing throughout high school in Tennessee and Utah. 
When my oldest child got to middle school in Oklahoma, I tried to convince him to take choir. He chose band instead and started on the trumpet. The next year, my second child chose band again and started on the clarinet. And he, my older child moved to the tuba. My third child then chose band as well and started on the clarinet. And then my fourth started flute. And I ran out of time. <laughs> it's okay. We don't penalize you for not cramming it into the <laughs> 32 counts. We moved to Texas and my fourth child started flute. And then, so um, now all my kids have graduated and I had eight years as a marching band parent and four years as a color guard parent. So 10 continuous years of Whoa. band. Well, and with all your music background in and all states. of the other states that you lived in, like you have seen all of it. I, I have seen quite a few different Great job, places. everyone. Set your equipment down. Gush and go. All right, let's get into our gush and goes, because I'm sure you guys have so much to gush about this week. All right, Trish, why don't you start us off today? Well, I think that this has been an absolutely crazy week with this weather. Here in New Jersey, they're threatening uh, more snow tomorrow. But Tuesday, we had not too much snow, but a, a lot of what did fall because it was so cold was really icy. But we still managed to get in our rehearsal Tuesday night. It was a little bit of a challenge for me to get up there. But um, whereas a lot of schools were, you know, closed or, you know, or, you know, all after school activities canceled late early delayed openings, we managed to get a good solid rehearsal in. So if I lose tomorrow doesn't matter to me. I just don't get what, if the snow's going to start at 7 a.m. tomorrow, I don't get the early dismissal thing. I'm sorry, I don't get it. Like, why are we driving right in the middle of a snowstorm? I don't, I just don't get it. So, might be a snow day for Miss O'Shea. We'll see. So, they're like, wait, they're making you come to school when it's snowing. At 7 a.m. And then you're leaving school. At noon. Early? At noon. What? Mm-hmm. Like, is late start not an option? We've been doing that all week. I guess they're tired of that. I'm not sure. Okay. I got to tell you, though. That I sounds was, like a thing. I got to <laughs> tell you, though. I was living for the waking up at 7.15 to be in the school at 10. I was living for it. I was kind of getting a little too used to it, to be honest with you. <laughs> Maybe that's a thing. They want to keep you on your toes. <laughs> 5, 5.30 hurt, hurt hard this morning, for sure. But we'll see. <laughs> but you know what? I have another rehearsal tomorrow night. So if we could get it in, all the better. Emily, over there on West Coast time, what do you want to gush and go about today? Yes. So here in Seattle, our men's soccer team has an official pep band called Soundwave, and their auditions are this week, and I'm actually going to attempt it. So yay. Ooh, that should be fun. Jack, what do you want to gush about? Yeah. So talking about um, crazy weather, so um, clouds are coming in, and uh, this weekend it's going to be rather rainy but my students who are preparing for solo drum major competitions here on the west coast are um are uh, kind of uh kind of scared about practicing in the rain but it's been a, a long long time explaining to them even if it rains during competition you're still going out so uh so uh getting them uh, acclimated to the weather will be important but of course when you're working with freshmen they're they're not used to it so it's been a lot of it's been a lot of saying let's let's buckle let's buckle up and let's get out there um, and uh, let, let's test ourselves. So um, 
yeah, no, it's been it's been interesting how our uh, my 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 weather situation is nowhere near Trish's, but uh, <laughs> uh, it's been funny to see how we've been adapting to weather uh, with this uh, winter uh, with this winter season coming up for us on the West Coast. Christine, well, first I want to uh, shout out to Trish because I totally get it. Our my students have had and like one and a half days of school for real for the past week and they have a virtual day tomorrow. So yeah, it's, it's all over the place. So my uh, thing is just, you know, show up when they tell you to Trish, you know, <laughs> listen, <laughs> right, that's, right? What Uber, that's what Uber's for. <laughs> so uh, my gush and go is that when we reach the end of each uh, calendar year, we kind of crunch things uh, in the numbers and stuff. And we take a look at what happened with uh, guard closet consignment. And uh, last year in 2023, we sold just over 400 sets of consignments. I think it was like 425 sets of consignments to schools and other organizations. And when I crunched the numbers this year, as we rounded out, or the year before that, I should say, sorry, but I, I've got to get it on the right calendar here. So in 2022, ah, in 2022, we sold just over 400 sets of consignments. Okay. About 424 sets of consignments. At the end of 2023, during the 2023 calendar year, we told, sold over 500 sets of consignments. So we jumped that much. Nice. So yeah, and the amount of sets we are able to sell to other schools and organizations and uh, help them out with getting new gear. So really proud of that for all of us. And um, there's that. I love that. Using consignment is such a great way for schools to save money. And then also like selling consignment is great yep. for them to make money for their school and like yeah. yeah, it's just And beautiful. I have a ton of stuff to go through right now. So more stuff is going to hit the site. And uh, we got to update our commercial too, but we'll get to that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Julie, you see how our gush and goes work. You just get a little bit of time to gush and go on about whatever you like. What would you like to gush and go on about? I, I am just excited for the season to start soon. Um, the last, I've watched the last four years, the guards in our area have really... Um, really grown and um increased in number like schools that used to have really tiny ones have much larger and more significant guards now and their skill levels have like grown every year i can really see an improvement and so i'm just excited for the local competitions to start and to get a chance to see what they're doing this year and what they're um pushing themselves to do oh that's so exciting i love seeing the growth of programs like in an area like that just all of the schools and everybody i am gonna round out today's gush and goes with a gush about how much i absolutely love uh the followers over on the spintronics guard uh all of the social medias really but we had an incident happen on instagram this week that i have i feel like i've just been dealing with the fallout from that all week long you know, I, I talked about the uh, the problem with scam accounts, stealing people's content. I talked about this a few couple episodes ago and my stuff got stolen and posted up on a scam account. And like the, the whole thing I've been complaining about, like happened to my own account. So we've been dealing with that. And I really appreciate like I have some really awesome followers who alerted me to this and tagged me in it and sent it to my DMs. and like helped me and did a bunch of stuff like reporting the account and what have you so thank you guys for being amazing followers and 
getting that all I want to say getting it all taken care of, but it's still not taken care of yet. We're working on it still. But thank you for everybody who's helping me. Hey, <laughs> it's called Gush and Go, not Gush and Stay. Let's go. All right, let's get all the luggage lined up so the drum majors can put it all on the bus. And we will be right back with our crazy travel and show stories. Hey, this is Christine Ream and Chris Green. Guard Closet was founded as a consignment business in 2000. Since then, it has grown to include winter guard, band, percussion, and other genres. We can help you with custom flag and costuming designs. Our consignment inventory has plenty of great looks for your color guard, drumline, and marching band. Pay it forward. When you purchase consignment, you help other programs. Last year, we sold over 400 sets of consignments and returned over $125,000 in payments to our consigners for their sales. Additionally, Guard Closet offers custom and pre-designed costumes, flags, floors, and formal wear, full or partial show writing, educational programming, and other services. Max out your rehearsal time and set up a microsite for easy student ordering for shoes, gloves, and other equipment. The Guard Closet team is here to help you get everything you want and need for your season. Check us out at guardcloset.com and follow us on social media. Okay, is everybody on the bus and have your buddy? Sit down, sit down. The bus is about to leave and it's going to be a few hours before we get to the show. So make sure you have your makeup and hair ready when we get off the bus. Who wants to jump in on this story thing first? Oh, I guess I will. So um, if you're not tired of hearing me talk about it enough, my Winter Garden Northern Valley um, back in 2016, we're going to our first ever show, the West Milford preview show. I was also working with West Milford at the time, so it was a little bit of a tie in there. I wanted to bring them to that. And after being with this marching band for X amount of years and finally having a winter guard, it's like my emotions are all kinds of over the place. I'm excited. I'm nervous. I'm crying because this is finally happening. Um, my mom's in the hospital. Another story for another day. She ended up being okay. But like, so I have that going on. I'm like, I, you know, the way the preview show works is you put the kids out on the floor and then you go up and you talk to the judges. I got to the top of the stands and started sobbing because here we finally were after oh. all of these years. So all this great stuff is going on. Okay. Now, this is their first time ever traveling as a winter guard. Okay. And, you know, the bus comes, all that stuff is great, you know, whatever. Right. And I mean, obviously I've been working with West Milford and Delaware and like all these guards for Alter Ego for so many years, you know, I'm like, okay, I can figure it out how to get the bu- the floor on the bus. I, I got this. I mean, Truthfully, with the other groups, I never really stuck around because I drove to the shows, but here I am riding the bus. But I was like, you know, it looks good on paper, right? So here we go, right? So now the kids go to put the floor on the back of the bus and they can't obviously lift it, right? Whatever, in the cart and whatever. 
So they and I tell them to just snake it onto the bus. Well, we drive to the show with the bus, with the floor like almost up to the top of the bus. Okay, I'm like, all right, we're gonna have to snake it off when we get there. We get to West Milford. What's it doing in West Milford? What it always does in West Milford. It's snowing. So oh. now we have to snake the floor off the bus. Okay. So I'm freaking out outside. I'm like, gotta get it on the cart. We gotta get inside. Gotta get it. The- figure it out. You just gotta get it on the cart. Like, so they figure it out. Again, it's about, you know, 40 feet high. So we get in there, we do the show. I'm crying the whole bit, blah, blah, blah. A little, you know, at that time, we're a little novice team going out for the first time and whatever. All that's great and whatever. And, you know, they do the show and then, you know, then they do, that was the evaluation show. Then they do the, uh, the, the crowd show. Everybody was really great, really warm, really, you know, really, you know, cheered the kids on and which was great. Made them feel good. Kind of wanted, you know, to go to that show for a lot of reasons was my other guard. And that show always gets the kids fired up. Like, okay, now, you know, cause there's no scores. They just go, all right, I can't wait to go back now. So now we, now we have to get the floor back to the school. Okay. Again, snake it. Now it's, now it's like, it's still snowing. Snake it back on to the bus. We get back to the school. The band room, for, I don't know what reason, nobody ever thought they would, you know, we would be coming back from band shows and loading like pit equipment and props and everything. The band room door from the outside is really small. You could go around, you know, they usually take the bar out with, you know, in marching band season and we go around that way. But it's a Sunday night. Um, you know, that's our only option is to go in through the band room. So the, the band room door is super narrow and the, you know, the orchestra setup is, is there and whatever. We are trying to snake the floor back into the band room in the snow, in this little tiny narrow, like between the orchestra setup and the door. And, oh my gosh, like I, I see the, those pictures come up on my time hop. I actually think there are some on there today and they always make me laugh and they always make me smile because it was the quintessential first time guard going to a first time show ever, like ever. So, and the kids still, I mean, the, the alumni kids still, Oh my God, I remember that time with the floor. And I mean, it was, it was just a nightmare. It was just an absolute nightmare. So moral of that story was from now on, we get a parent to drive the floor. <laughs> yeah. Always have that a separate, separate vehicle going on. Oh my gosh. Oh, who wants to jump in with their with their fun story next? Okay, so when I read that prompt, I thought of something almost immediately. So it was the year after we got back, um, basically the first year after COVID that we got back on parade competition. So this is going to apply for the entire marching band. And so I work at a uh, high school, Santa Cruz High School, and we're a parade band. And uh, again, on West Coast, we're our parade bands are adjudicated pretty strictly on a military style. So... Um, we have our championship review, which is in the Central Valley, and Santa Cruz is a coastal town. So we get on buses, and uh, we uh, we think we're we're absolutely all packed. We have all our equipment because it's on the bus. We have everything set. And as an instructor, um, I've I've checked off on all the equipment, um, and it was the student liaison's responsibility to make sure that uniforms are loaded as well too for the entire unit. So we roll up after two and a half hours um, to the uh, championship review site. And of course, guess what's missing? Every uniform from the color guard 
to the drum major through the 160 person oh, band no. block. Oh my God. Of the uniforms were loaded into our um, into our uh, into our trailer, and like we were wondering why our why our uh, our truck driver like our, our our trailer driver got there before us, right? So like, wow, they're they're going really fast. <laughs> it's like almost like there's 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 barely any weight on that uh, on that uh, on that trailer. So yeah, no, that was a cold uh, a, a cold uh, reminder once we opened up that trailer door to do that. So basically, what we ended up doing is we had another um, another band parent who had uh, had a backup trailer um, in Santa Cruz, and we had basically three and a half hours until our performance. So we literally called within minutes to get them to get all the uniforms packaged in, or basically packaged into the trailer and then shipped basically half a state away. Uh, how do you describe it? And then driven a half a state away. And we arrived with it. Like we, the uniforms arrived with like 35 minutes to spare. And I've never seen individuals oh, <laughs> that dress like life. So wow. yeah, that was one of the best, uh, best uh dodged uh, marching band bullets we've uh <laughs> we've ever had to do but I'll, I'll always remember that day because they um they really rose to the occasion and they went off and they won a sweepstakes trophy and so a sweepstakes trophy is best in the division for um a specific category so they won marching sweepstakes that day and showmanship sweepstakes that day as well too because they were the best looking band there so it was good and oh my gosh no that I that actually reminds me of a story when I was in college and I was marching independent winter guard and uh we had we went to a WGI regional in Denver, Colorado, which is like a 10-hour drive for us. Um and there was like, I don't know, 10 people on our, our guard or something like that. So we just took a couple vehicles. We drove and we got almost there. We were like almost to the hotel, maybe like an hour away, and I realized I forgot my uniform. Oh. And I not only did I forget it, I left it in my dorm in my closet, which was locked. And my roommate was on the guard with me. Like one of my roommates was one of my my performers on the same team. So like I I, I was like, well, what do I do? Like how do I get it? Like and thankfully we were going to the show the the next day. Like we were driving up the day before, so I ended up calling my RA who like in order to be legally allowed to enter my room she had to like suspect that she heard screaming or something going on in the room so basically she called us and my roommate and I screamed over the phone we're like no you have to go to our room we're screaming so she entered the room and got my uniform for me and gave it to my friend Tom who was so wonderful. He shipped it overnight to our hotel and it arrived 10 minutes before we had to leave to go to the show. Wow. It was a tragedy. Like it could have been worse. Obviously it could have just not arrived, but uh, it was so, so close. However, positive ending to that story too. I caught my turnaround six solo toss and on rifle. And I was like, yeah, because, you know, pump. Like, I got my uniform. I'm unstoppable now. And then we got last place, though. So it's whatever. It's fine. <laughs> Christine, what's your story you want to share? <laughs> well, I mean, this has been some great ones so far. And, you know, 
you know how you when you hear people tell other stories and you start to think of your own in your head and as we were getting ready for this episode I thought of so many stories and it was really hard for me to like, you know, narrow it down to what would be a really good one to share. I mean, I could tell you stories of, you know, expecting to leave from one airport and getting bus to a different airport to get to a bowl game. I can tell you about judges who never showed up. I can tell you about, you know, all kinds of stuff, but the one that kind of um, won the prize, so to speak, is um <laughs> this is in like the early um uh, to mid 2000s and um, my husband and i were playing in the west shoreman alumni drum and bugle corps now you have to understand that the west shoreman alumni was um it, it was like a, a a reunion so to speak of the field corps that had been active until the late 90s so then in the early 2000s, um, you know, they got back together and they did an alumni corps. So for the most part, the alumni corps just performed at one standstill show every year in Harrisburg, the state capital of Pennsylvania, um, that was called Serenade and Brass. And it was a spring preview kind of show. Trisha's shaking her head. Yes, yeah, she knows what I'm talking about. It was a spring preview kind of show. Corps came out. Um, you know, standstill concert inside at a, a beautiful uh, building in downtown Harrisburg called the Forum, where, um, you know, it ho that building hosts a lot of other, um, you know, amazing performing arts uh, groups, you know, the Harrisburg Symphony, things like this. So, you know, we go in, we play this stage show. So it big tradition for um, the drumline to uh, warm up on the steps of a nearby building, okay? So they're out there warming up, and uh, one of the snare drummers had chosen, uh, or uh, maybe uh, didn't realize that he did this, but parked in a parking spot that he was not to park in for whatever reason. There's a lot of restricted parking around that area because it's right around the state capitol, so you have to be very careful. So this person ended up parking in a parking spot that he was not supposed to park in. And during the drumline warmups, the police showed up oh, gosh. and arrested him on the spot because they ran his license plate and realized that he had a ton of unpaid parking tickets. Oh. <laughs> so... Oh, yikes. Said, oh, well, yikes. The police are taking him out of warmups, and he said to the rest of the drum line, just hang on, guys. I'll, I'll be back. I'm just going to get out of the ATM. I'm going to pay off these parking tickets, and I'll come back. Oh, and then, wow. you know, just take my drum on the stage, and I'll, I'll hop in. Well, obviously, that didn't happen because it took way too long, okay, for him to go take care of paying all these parking tickets and dealing with all this stuff. <laughs> So they take his drum onto the stage anyways, okay? Just in case. Hey, you never know. He could still show up, right? So we go through and we play the whole show, right? And we're still, you know, he's still not back, okay? But the empty drum is still up on the stage. So at the end, you know, then the rumors are flying, okay? The West Shoreman had an empty drum up on the stage. What's going on? What's going on? Did somebody die? Is that a missing man formation? What is, what's going on? 
And then we had to explain to everybody, no, 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 no. Nobody died. It's not a memorial to anybody or anything. It's fine. Somebody got arrested. <laughs> Imagine if his debit card didn't go through. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, who knows? Now, we never really caught up with him afterwards. Like, it, And he tends to be a mysterious type of person anyway. So it's just one of these big mysteries. You know, he got arrested and there it is. So. Oh, crazy. <laughs> Missing man formation. <laughs> oh my gosh. Julie, what about you? Well, you know, I I'm not a band kid. I'm not a anything <laughs> but a parent. And the stories are great and I love them, but something that I think um you don't hear enough about are the funny things that the parents actually do to each yeah, other. Uh, for so sure. I I had the privilege of being the over the travel of our band a few years back. And so we were traveling to San Antonio and it was where we had BOA San Antonio. And then when we had state um, the following week. And so it's like a long trip and we headed out and um, the parents have a lot of fun on those trips. And we, a bunch of us got these shirts called chaos coordinators and <laughs> I don't know if that was such a great idea because there was quite a bit of chaos that happened <laughs> on that trip. So the first day out, we um, are traveling on the freeway. And as the travel coordinator, I was a couple hours ahead of the band so that I would be able to have things ready when they arrived into town. So, you know, ready to direct them to check in at the, the hotel and our kind of area that we hang out between the BOA prelims and and such. And so as we're headed on the freeway, we realize that there is traffic ahead and there's an accident or something. There's a stoppage and um, we're going to have to detour. So we text behind us. We're like, no big deal. The detour is like 15 minutes longer than what we planned. Not a big deal. We had a cushion. So we text them. We get through it. I'm you know, in town and I'm getting checked in. And then I start seeing texts from the, the buses and, um, one bus missed the detour. Another bus took the detour, but the backup uh -oh. was longer than we anticipated. Another bus missed and took a different detour. Um, so we had seven buses on about three different routes. And they wound up getting there 45 minutes after we had planned. Um, and we had planned for them to come swing by the hotel so all the kids could get all their stuff off the bus because buses have, like the drivers only have so many hours they can drive each day. And they had already driven from San Antonio to Houston to pick us up and then back to San Antonio. So they were running out of their time before we would be done with prelims. So the original plan was we'd swing by the hotel, the kids unload all their stuff to a holding room, and then they go, they change on the bus and go into prelims. There was no time to go to the hotel, so we went straight to our holding area. And, well, we were going, that was our secondary plan. The kids would unload their stuff in the holding area. There was no time for that, so they went straight to the Alamo Dome the kids oh changed on the bus. They unloaded and went into warm-ups. And then we had seven buses with 350 
people's stuff that had to be off of the buses in the next two hours before the drivers timed out, which was before the kids would be back. So there were 12 of us parents that unloaded seven buses in the center and lugged all their stuff up to our holding room in like an hour. And we walked into the Alamo Dome five minutes before our kids went on in prelims. You know, Julie, I was relating there just a little bit because I too have unloaded a lot of stuff into the Alamo Dome for the, (laughs) uh, when the army all American marching band was in existence. (laughs) Oh yeah. It's a long walk down those back hallways and stuff. So I can certainly relate. That's a lot. Yeah. And, and (laughs) kids have a lot of stuff and they don't always like zip their bags, you know, like, Oh, for sure. out and so we're just grabbing handfuls of stuff <laughs> moving them onto things and yeah you know all of these wild travel stories really make me grateful that someone else was planning all of the travel <laughs> <laughs> so you know being a band kid i have a funny travel story involving band shenanigans don't worry nothing like you know, inappropriate happened. So, you know, once upon a time when I was in band, we got stuck at a convention center because for some reason our plane was in Germany. So we were stuck there for six hours, but also the plus side of these conventions, like what are you supposed to do in the convention center, right? Like all the doors are closed. Everything's closed. Everyone's gone except these random band kids. But (laughs) from the very top of the floor to the very bottom, there were these escalators and Oh, no. I feel like some of you know where this might be going. And between the escalators, there was like a smooth, like, you know, thing. And some band people decided to take it upon themselves to have escalator relay races on these smooth things between the escalators. It was really funny. It gets better. The following year, because of coincidence, we ended up at that same convention center for a different event, same same place, different event. And we looked at the escalators because they were working, we we're going up them, and there were like little metal stoppers all the way down the escalators. <laughs> and I, some of us just kind of look at each other, blank faced. We're like, huh, I wonder why those are there. <laughs> or it's like when you go to a place and you see like a really random rule posted that's like, that's like, you know that that rule was made because somebody did that thing. Like, no sledding down the stairs or something ridiculous. And you're just like, no eating pizza while walking backwards. <laughs> I I think there's something posted in the tunnel in Dayton. And I can't remember exactly what it is, but something about, like, no licking the wall or no something. No kissing the wall. Yes. Yes. That's it. Yeah. That's, there's a whole, there's a lot of history behind that, though. <laughs> well, so I'm going to jump in off of Emily, because if she thinks she knows um, college band shenanigans. Oh, um, Jeremy's got it. You've never been with Here the we Western University marching band oh i don't know jeremy we've got a lot of the blue band too so you go ahead with yours but (laughs) so this is freshman year well no sorry sophomore year because we had we knew what was coming so we were a little more advanced the freshman year story is a little bit wild in a different way but so as college students do on trips 
um, there was lots of things to drink. You know, we're all adults. So um, just in case you get thirsty. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, just in case you get thirsty. So we had <laughs> everything under the bus. Several people had made small little cups of, you know, maybe if you get hungry and you want a little snack of jello that you might want to have, you know, like just like that at very high contents um, put them under the bus in coolers of ice thinking like this is going to be fantastic well of course you get there and that's not going to be fantastic we get to the get to the thing the 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 night continues the night continues the night continues as those college nights do and my best friend who i love like more than anything but is distracted by a shiny thing in the sky right you know just can be distracted by anything and i i love her for that but in this moment just like my toddler (laughs) exactly she decided (laughs) she decided unbeknownst to me at first because what i got to see was when the elevator doors opened and here was my best friend on a chaise lounge, like welcoming everybody, like lying on the chaise lounge, welcoming everybody onto the elevator. She had taken furniture from the lobby and like put it on the elevator. That's impressive. Riding it up and down for like, I was like, Suzanne, what are you doing in the elevator? She's like, well, you know, I'm just being friendly. And, you know, I was like, we need to get you out of this elevator because you're about to be a different kind of friendly. And I don't want that on this. It's, it's It's like that one scene from Titanic. (laughs) <laughs> exactly exactly that's how she was sitting i mean it was that time of the you know i mean it was around yeah so i mean that's it was very that so i was like we need to get you out of here <laughs> <laughs> that's really impressive though because hotel furniture is heavy <laughs> she's a tiny girl too she's a tiny girl <laughs> okay she left in the beast mode <laughs> she just had some extra you know juice in her do not underestimate the creativity of band kids on trips. I going back to like the weather related stuff. Um, now, one of the things like like I can tell you so many Spintronic stories, but I kind of I don't talk about a lot of them because like there's vlogs and like you can just go back and watch all of the things that happened at Spintronics like ever unfold as it unfolds because it's all available publicly on YouTube. Uh, but. There's just one in particular that I, I made me think of. We went to um, Oklahoma and it was after the show on the way home. Like we had checked the forecast and everything was fine. But this pop-up snowstorm happened or pop-up ice storm. And it was crazy because like we ended up getting stuck on the highway in dead stopped traffic for two hours and it's a five hour drive home so that really really extended um and then once we actually got to go again we were under like six inches of snow plus however many inches of ice had already fallen on top of that and there were i don't think i've ever seen so many wrecks in my whole life but you know while we were stuck we had been stuck on this highway for so long that we got to the point where some of us were like there were three vehicles in our caravan And we would like go from vehicle to vehicle and we were like trading snacks and like making sure everybody was okay. And like, like I would go and I would brush off and scrape off the windshields because like the windshields were freezing because of the the snow being so bad. And so like, I would just, I was going around like, 
making sure everybody's windshield stayed clean and stuff. And, you know, we were trading snacks and trading cameras. And then uh, I eventually started trading kids because they were like, I want to go hang out with so-and-so and so-and-so's in this other vehicle. So that, like, this winter weather, like, at least we're not traveling in it, hopefully. Hopefully people aren't having to travel in it because that, yeah, that's a whole other thing. So. All right, everybody, start to get your uniforms on. We are super close to the show site. Make sure you don't forget your gloves. And we'll be right back with the news. Hey, everyone. I'm Lexi Duda, and I'm the host of On a Water Break in Ryan Stones. I've grown up a competitive baton twirler, winning numerous world titles, and now I'm a coach. I want to bring to you stories from twirlers from all over. So grab a water break, listen in, because you won't want to miss some of these incredible experiences these twirlers have had. All of this coming up and more on On a Water Break in Riot Stones. All right, make sure those shakos get back under the buses. And guys, the snack boxes are in the front of each bus. Make sure you eat something because that was a heck of a show you just put on out there. Now it's time for the news. you have got something from DCI for us. Yeah, um, recently uh, DCI held uh, their Drum Major, Drum Major Leadership Summit. Um, of course, this was in Indianapolis and um, bringing together uh, lots of drum majors that, that uh, are already um, identified or, you know, have auditioned for this year and are going to be leading all those DCI cores this summer. Um, you know, they had breakout sessions, small group discussions, um, you know, just leadership clinics, fostering um, character building, all that kind of stuff. And I think it's really cool. I mean, it's it's great to see, um, you know, outreach and um, education and development, um, all those good things. There's some nice uh, quotes here from some of the students that were there talking about their experience you know, one thing I learned here is I will definitely take back to my core is how to make members feel valued. Um, one thing I learned is how to build good trust between members as well as good trust between members and member leadership. I also see other students mentioning things like servant leadership. So, you know, just lots of things that, you know, of course we look for and leadership qualities. And it's nice to see that, um, you know, DCI is fostering that of course, among their, those student leaders and, um, you know, taking good things back to their cores then as they plan for the season. Julie, what you got? So I noticed here um, that the WGI scholarship um, application forms are coming due soon. And as a parent with three kids in college, I have to say that any little bit that you can find through scholarships helps a lot. Um, mm -hmm. We actually had one of the students on our team a few years back won one of the WGI scholarships. And so it was a very neat opportunity to, and she was kind of surprised by it. She didn't know until it happened and it was announced. And it was a sweet moment to witness um, 
her receive that, but it's it doesn't take a lot of time to go find the form, fill it out, and um, try for that scholarship. Nice. Definitely, definitely get those scholarships. Those, oh my gosh, those are so, so helpful. And I think a lot of times, even if you're a student, like you don't necessarily have to apply through your director. Like so, sometimes the rules are different, but um, you don't have to apply through your program. If you're like performing at WGI, there's ways you can just apply. So Jack, what do you got? Yeah. So I have an awesome uh, sort of a artistic story. Um, with the uh, Mardi Gras season coming around the corner uh, in New Orleans, uh, artist Keith Duncan um, painted uh, on the Ogden Museum of Southern Art a 30-foot-tall uh, drum major mural depicting an HBCU drum major um, in full back bend. So it's awesome to see um, artistic representation of uh, the drum major art form and to see the, the power and tradition coming out of HBCU um, marching bands break the scene in new orleans and i think you know thinking about mardi gras we always associate that season with music and um lots of the uh lots of the hbcu bands um help embody that that amazing strength and sound that we always hear um coming um coming from uh, those colleges and it's just so nice to see um different mediums of representation for uh, drum majors um on full display um, um, as a part of a museum. So really awesome, small, uh, small little uh, story, but th that, that is just great representation. I, okay. We were talking about the Rose Parade. Was it last week? I think we discussed that and like talked about how long the Rose Parade is and how it's exhausting because it's like oh, yeah. five miles. Have, have any of you ever marched a Mardi Gras parade? They put them all to shame. I kid you not. Some of those are 10 or 12 miles. And those, if you've ever seen those HBCU bands marching like their parade routines, they go crazy. Like, like they are putting in, yeah. yeah, they're putting in like all of their energy at every single mile. Like, I don't even know how. And it's like not like the routine is also like it's lower body and upper body. So, I mean, they're getting a yeah. full workout for that 10 mile stretch. So, you know, congrats to our HBCU drum majors for just being champions. That's wild. Emily, what do you got? Yeah, well, speaking about HBCU bands, basically HBCU bands are like if bards from D&D &D rolled a 20 in strength, essentially. Anyway. <laughs> yes. Love that. I, I agree. So speaking of... HBCU bands, uh, the Southern University Human Jukebox has an all-female pet band now. And what? I just think it's wonderful to see this kind of representation out there. Because I always thought they were cool before, but now I think this makes them even cooler. So, like, I, okay, again, I'm getting schooled in, like, college bands because that's apparently where my education is lacking the most right now. Like, what kind of games are they playing at? Is it, like, basketball games or volleyball or, like... Not particularly, but just, like, generally speaking. And I feel like HBCU bands kind of operate under the same things. A lot of college bands will perform at various university events as well. So okay. I think that's was one of those yeah, things. Yeah, I think this is the case for them. Um, I dug into that article a little deeper. Yeah, so it's not necessarily that the, this particular pet band is, like, playing at games or anything. They're more uh, doing an event, actually, in this situation. Okay. So uh, it was they were at an 
S-U-B-R, and unfortunately I don't know what that stands for, S-U-B-R Association of Women Students event. And um, so they put together this all-female pep band for this, you know, Association of Women Students. But, hey, you know, maybe this will be the start of something. Maybe they'll go out to other events or something like that. Um, I love it. You know, yeah. So it's, it's a cool thing. I, I love it. I love it so much. Uh, Trish, have we had any new WGI show announcements since we last chatted? No, I haven't really seen much. I guess everybody's just in like full preparation mode um, that they haven't posted anything. But both my teams were at the West Milford uh, main preview show this past Saturday. And we saw some really cool stuff. Um, West Milford's doing a little uh, Where in the World is Carmen San Diego <gasps> show. Um, That's like my entire had, Right. <laughs> then we had um, Hillsboro's doing a little bit different for them, a little edgy hip-hop show, which was really cool. Um, trying to think what else. Uh, my kids, one of the overwhelming favorites was Brentwood High School from Long Island doing like a little Indiana Jones-ish type show. They're all in black, but the one guy's in white. And they that's the one that they were gushing and going about all week. Um, <laughs> so, you know, there was, there was some really cool stuff. It was really, you know, it was really cool to be out there and see, you know, everything that was going on. Pegasus Independent, New Jersey, Pegasus Independent, not Florida. Um, big leap for them this year. Um, they're doing this masquerade show. Um, they have these masks in the beginning. They're dancing with candelabras. Super mm. cool. So there were, yeah, there was a lot of really cool stuff going on. So it's going to be a good season up here in the North for sure. What about down in, in the grand state of Texas, Julie, have you heard any show announcements or seen anything coming out down there for this season? Um, you know, everyone, not, not much yet. I think everybody usually waits in texas until that first show and then it all just kind of explodes out oh yeah um, i do i do know that um the woodlands will have three groups this year instead of just wow. two so um they they have numbered around 76 to 78 girls on the for the marching team and so they split into three instead of two groups and with the new WGI rules, continually increasing the number of performers on the floor. I mean, they don't have to. You just throw everybody out there. <laughs> right. The World Guard was the World Team was phenomenal last year. Well, and they're they're really excited to have an opportunity to go to Dayton again. So they're they're excited to to go there, and and I'm trying to figure out when I am gonna get to see them through the season. So. Well, if I make it up to Dayton this year, I will come and watch them. <laughs> we'll see. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for a great rehearsal this week. Thank you to our hosts, Trish, Emily, Jack, Christine, and our guest host, Julie. Uh, go subscribe, write us a review, and share this with a friend. Make sure you follow us on our social media at On A Water Break. And we'll see you at the next rehearsal on A Water Break. Go practice. On a Water Break podcast was produced by Jeremy Williams and Christine Reem. The intro and outro music was produced by Josh Lida. To learn more, visit lidamusic.com. And until next time, thanks for tuning in.